Welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I'm your host, Justin. I'm here with Jason. Hey. We've got an awesome show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the madness that is Gen Con event yep. registration and getting to this. One of the reasons we started this podcast, Jason, was we talked about how to um, – we thought it would be cool to talk about navigating different cons and, like, you know, conventions and how yeah. to mm-hmm. – how to like prepare for them and how to like get, get to what you want out of them. And Gen Con always is like at the forefront of like what we're talking about with this, because um, with, you know, over 75,000 people that show up regularly uh, to Gen Con, there's, it, it, it gets to be pretty crazy. It gets to be pretty crazy for registering for events and getting what you want and stuff like that. So we're going to talk through what happened with us this last weekend and uh, the process that we went through to find the schedule that we were, moderately happy with yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah so as it usually good. is as it usually, as it usually is exactly yeah. and then we end up being like loving the weekend right because we keep coming back obviously yeah. so you just have a good time it doesn't matter yeah totally uh but of course jason how was your geek week oh dude i had i have um a lot going on right always okay. with life and kids but i've mm-hmm. made time i'm gonna share my screen here uh share screen Yes, yes, yes. I know that sharing my screen means everybody can see. Everybody can see. Everyone can see. Uh, All right, here we go. Did it share? Uh, Here, I'm adding it to the screen. Ah, that's right. There we go. All right. So I worked on my ATST for Star Wars Legion. Nice. Right? Yeah. So feeling pretty happy with the way it turned out. I feel like it's got a nice little kind of metal metal look to it there. Right? Um, and my, so my next step, um, I've got all assembled, glued, cut the, you know, paint. I airbrushed the entire thing. Um, yeah, looks good. it's the only way I feel like you can really get like that smooth of a blend on that large of a surface. Sure. You know, if you're doing like small little legs and stuff, you can, I feel, you know, I can do that with a paintbrush, but I kept trying and trying and trying to do this side part right here. Mm-hmm. And get it to look that like transitionary smooth with a paintbrush, and I just couldn't make it work, man. I could, like I could see paintbrush lines no matter how thin I got it, and then if I got it too thin, it was just like you could see the streaks when it would run. Yeah. So I just I just freaking airbrushed it, and it was so much easier. I mean, for a big panel like that, you need a big brush, right? And yeah. like, oftentimes, many painters don't have we don't have those a, yeah a brush that's that big usually the biggest we're using is like size two maybe yeah you know um yeah. and so that that's yeah. that big that's a good quality like i got plenty exactly. of crappy like brushes that yeah, you know, right you know once <laughs> yeah like when we did our bob ross uh uh party and we all had those big fat brushes and we were just yeah. you know hitting it across the palette but i'm gonna use that on this thing yeah totally, uh, totally. but anyway so my next step is to um my next step is to I'm going to hit it with a uh, with a I think a black oil wash mm-hmm. just to get everything in the crevices to make it look a little more because I got I kind of I started um, I gave it a little bit of that red to give it a little bit of rustiest rust uh-huh. rusty nook and then when I put the black oil wash on it I think it's going to be able to really tie that in to make it really look like rust. So you're going to do black oil wash over all of it and then wipe it off, or are you just going to go yeah. for the crevices? 
So I'm gonna do it over. Um, I'm gonna start by doing it over. Probably do it over all of it and wipe it off. So okay. the whole thing's gonna tone down. Yeah, and look a little grimy. Yeah, look a little grimy, which I'm okay with, because uh, I, I like my stuff. And I did all my snow troopers as grimy as well. And then once I get the once I get the oil wash to kind of where I l- like it, then I'll do the same snow effect I did for the snow troopers, where I do the cool. the, the um, equal parts of uh, equal parts of PVA glue, uh, water, and uh, um, PVA glue, water, white paint, and then I just mix in baking soda until it gets the consistency of snow, and then oh, I just nice. dab it all over the dab it all over, and Did it has a nice recipe. Did you find that um, recipe on YouTube or something? Yeah, I got I got on YouTube and I found a lot of complex recipes. And then yeah. I found this one guy who was like, dude, it's just freaking glue, baking soda, water, and paint. And I was like, done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I tried it and it like it made like you just keep adding baking soda and adding baking soda. And eventually it actually looks like the top cover of snow, like right after it snows. Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, that's easy. And it's cheap, you know, a box of baking soda is like 97 cents at the right. grocery store. So and glue and is yeah cheap and yeah. you don't need a lot of uh paint for it either no no i mean you could probably get away without painting it but i put a i just squirted some you know white like um walmart like 97 cent or like you know dollar 25 apple what is that whatever the stuff's called apple something apple crate apple crate yeah i just squirted that in to make sure it had a nice white white look to it and it's perfect but um nice then this guy will be done, and then um, and then the last thing I'll have are the uh, the speeder bikes, and then my cool. Blizzard box set will be complete. So that was my uh, that's what I've been working on this week. That's awesome. That is yeah, awesome. Fun stuff. Very good. Very good. I um, I am finishing up. Like I got all the bases printed and primed and initially painted for my bone splitters the rest of the box that i had i mm. finished painting the models just the other day so um i do need to put their war paint on but that that's super fast um and you get to be like real sloppy with it because it's war paint like it's like been smeared on their skin you know yeah. um so these are like my savage or orcs you know that kind of like in the jungle with war paint and so yeah. i got these jungle bases that i printed out that i really like i gotta paint like some of the uh plants and flowers on them and some of the ruin like there's some stone ruins on them so i just gotta do that and then i'll be done with them which is good um i just found it's it's so funny because it's like i finished the war band for adepticon and then it's just like because that event was over i did not have the motivation to just like paint the rest of them yeah yeah you know what i mean Been there. Like, well i already already did that and so i'm just yep. like but i need to get them done because i because if i don't do it now i'll never do it you know and so so I got them. I, they're pretty much done. I'm going to finish them tomorrow. And um, and then I think I'm going to be moving on to painting my veteran guardsmen. Um, I've got a uh, – those are like the Death Corps of Krieg yeah. guys. So I'm looking forward to those guys. Um, and they're relatively simple. Like I was looking at them, and they have these big um, kind of light blue coats. And I'm going to paint their blue coats similar to the French – uniform blue in world war one um not the german gray ones that a lot of people do i wanted to do the like a kind of like a it's called horizon blue um and and then um paint their pants gray and stuff like that but like me doing that on all these models is going to be super quick because i'll do the outside coat with the airbrush and kind of get that you know those transitions like you're talking about and then um you know just some of the 
Oh, are you uh, showing a? Yeah, I like oh, this no, is what I that. this is always what I see and think of when I see the veteran guardsman from yeah. the Gen- general the 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 Wolf Brigade, which was an awesome anime. Yeah, that, if you haven't seen it or not, but they I totally. Just look, yeah. It's all I see when I see those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but anyway, it's absolutely. pretty cool. This yeah. a it's a and it's a it's a pretty cool anime if you haven't seen it. It's um, I haven't it's, seen it. It's one that has um, action. Actually, if you don't like anime but you like like live action, um, the uh, there's a Korean film that remade the anime, and it's almost a scene for scene. Oh, really? Scene for scene, yeah. A duplicate, like what was um, the Watchmen comic? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like the the movie? the movie was a yep. scene for scene, like you know, yep. parallel equal to the comic book. This is the same to the anime. Like it's just, it literally is a scene for scene. Um, and it is well, almost. Yeah, it's pretty sure. close. It's pretty close. Yeah. There's some there's some segments that are different, but um, but man, it's an awesome anime, and um, you know, it doesn't probably doesn't feel like like veteran guardsmen, but they're like a secret. They're a secret society that uh are a secret government society military that come in to do cleanup jobs. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, and they are they are brutal when they do. I yeah. mean, they have these huge machine guns with just you know that just like tear, uh, shred people. But anyways, I'm still in your geek week. But that's what I think of when I see when you talk about the guardsmen. The veteran guardsmen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to get them painted um, because I, I don't think it's going to take a lot to get them painted and, and look really good. And um, I have been toying with my. Um, I'm going to see if I can hold it up and see. Here are my here's my Space Marine. Uh, the focus is hard with the virtual background. Yeah. But anyway, got some Space Marines that um, I want to get on the table for practice for uh, the Nova Open. And the reason why is the Space Marines are essentially a gatekeeper army. Like you're going to face them, you know? And so you got to kind of get used to playing them. So um, I am going to paint. Uh, there's, there's a couple of different kinds of space Marines that you can have. There's the intercessors that have like the bolt guns and stuff like that. And then there's your assault intercessors that have like pistols and chainswords, Right. And so you can kind of do a combination of them. And so one, I'm going to be painting like the primarily the assault intercessors, a kill team of them that's space wolves themed right um and then the guys with the guns i'm going to paint them as imperial fists because they're known as being like a heavy gun line mm-hmm. um so um imperial fists are like the yellow guys um that you see okay yeah so, and the space marine or the space wolves are kind of like the light blue gray um ones with the yellow and red shoulder pads right so um so I'm going to paint those two up like that. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. But that's kind of down the road. I need First things first, I need to do the veteran guardsmen and probably paint another Warcry band in between then. So, you know, uh, I will say this. My other geek week is that I have felt a little piratey lately. And so I have been playing Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I've thought about jumping back on, but I didn't know if you were playing it or not. Yeah, dude, you should uh, jump back on with me uh, again soon because like, I ended up playing with a couple of guys who just kind of randos that I got paired in a crew with and they showed me all sorts of tricks now. So like, I'm like a veteran out there, like a, a worthy sail in the seas. Yeah. So, um, I remember playing this game, Sea of Thieves, back in 2018 when it came out or something like that. Yeah. Cause games pass players had access to the beta when it came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like 2018 and, I remember it's in typical rare game fashion. Like it was very bare bones when it came out, 
and like there's only a few islands you could visit. There was no like instruction of what to do. You just kind of like, okay, I guess I go just do visit islands and kill skeletons. And then you kind of learned along the way of like, oh, this is what gets me sort of experience. But what's interesting is you don't level up in that game. Um, you'll you just get, get rich. You just get rich in accommodations that, you know, give you access to new cool customizations and stuff like that. But your skill with the score sword doesn't increase. It's just your actual skill as a player is what increases, yep. you know? And so mm -hmm. you end up getting better, like by actually getting better at the game, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of interesting, but I've had a lot of fun with it. It's my time killer for a little bit until Diablo comes out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Diablo's you know? going to be cool. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's going to be a that. time suck. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So my daughter, my oldest daughter was asking about, she's like, when does it come out again? Because oh, cool. she and I are going to play a bunch. We we play co-op D3 a lot. Nice. So, yeah. So that's a good time. So anyway, but yeah, that's uh, that's my geek week, basically. Pirates Sweet. and pirates and orcs. Orc pirates. Interesting. <laughs> So, all right, let's talk about geek news. I think that you have um, the first uh, the first item of business. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just keep uh, sharing my screen here again, right? But um, so big, big, interesting news, right? I think a lot of people probably predicted this, but uh, Disney. I think we predicted it. Yeah. Oh, total, from day <laughs> one. Yeah. If, go ahead and if you want to prove the screen share real quick. Uh, oh yeah. Totally. But uh, yeah, but. Uh, Disney decided to close Star Wars themed hotel less than two years after it opened. I'm telling you, man. I mean, it, what it, the, now this is a New York Times article, right? It says that they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars to build this thing. Oh my gosh. Right. But, but Disney's trying to cut 5 billion. Yeah. Right now. Um, so, you know, even if you've spent, you know, when you're Disney and it's like hundreds of million dollars, it's like, it's not, it's significant. It's money, right? That's money you track. You don't not track yeah. that. But if you're trying to cut five billion, I mean, that's an order of magnitude more. You're going to look at things that are making money and things that aren't making money. But uh, uh -huh. I, you know, we had a we have a um, our other guy uh, that's on the podcast with us, Dan. Dan made a good point. He said because Dan is like ultra Star Wars geek. Ultra Star Wars. I mean, I'm surprised he understand. didn't go to this. Yeah, you you don't. I mean, you guys don't understand. All right, tell you a story about Dan. First time I've known Dan for almost 20 years now. Yeah, almost 20 years. And and we've been playing RPGs like since he first moved into the area. Um, and he's been playing before me. But uh, so we were playing a Star Wars RPG once. And the GM at the time um, said, all right, you guys, you know, whatever it was, we flew into this system, this one random system I'd never heard of before. Uh, and so I pulled up Wikipedia, you know, on my phone. Yeah. And I'm like, Wikipedia, and I type the system in just to understand like what this planet is that we're about to go to. So I'm kind of cheating a little because I'm like metagaming yeah. on the side as a player. So Dan's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the system that has a planet on it that has the third moon of that planet had a civil war back in the year, blank, 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 blank. And I'm like scrolling on Wikipedia, and I'm just like, he is saying everything perfectly. <laughs> off of this thing and it's like they're on this moon there was a civil war and during the civil war blah 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 and i'm just like oh my gosh you know like everything is yeah. perfect like he's has wikipedia memorized yeah right like this guy like you don't understand it so when you think when this thing first popped it was like well dan's gonna go to this yeah he's gonna so dan 
<laughs> he made the comment. He's like, he said, because of the cost of this place, I could, I was almost going to go, but I found out I could take my entire family on a Disney cruise, get two extra days, have more fun and save a thousand dollars. Yeah. Than it would to go for two days to this hotel. Yep. It's just, yeah. I'm trying to understand what addressable market they thought they had when they opened this place. <clears throat> yeah. The other thing too, is it was, um, a, do you remember the reservations? It was like for a family of four and it was like the room, yep. you could occupy four people in that room. And I'm like, well, what if you have five people Yeah. or six people in your room? You know what I mean? You had to get like a whole nother room. There was like a whole nother $5,000, you know? And, um, it just, Six I, I grand kept, according to this, but yeah. Oh yeah. So I kept I kept tabs on some of this stuff before before it was even like closing down, and the reviews that people were giving it were terrible. They said that the oh, food yeah. was like not great. Um, the immersive level was like it was second rate actors basically just kind of playing along in there. Yep. Um, the you know the the quality of the rooms like this picture that you have up on the screen here of the of the bulkheads that they're like working through is probably the most flattering picture yeah. that they could find because yeah. I saw other people's like phone cameras and it just looks super cheap and um, yeah you got into the galaxy's edge like an hour earlier than everybody else and you got a guaranteed ride on the on the um, on the big attraction ride that they had in there. But yeah. dude, like for six thousand dollars, you know. Yeah, dude, you could pay. You can just just pay forty dollars and get the fast pass. Right, and you know? I mean the thing is too is like you look at this picture that you have up here. Um, uh, there's like technically you were supposed to be wearing like costumes, but people are like, yeah, no thanks. And so like one dude's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, yeah. Another dude's wearing like shorts and a polo, and so yeah. it's like. It, it's not immersive yeah, when people totally. are being immersive, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and if like, I also think that if you had being immersive is not scalable. Do you know what I mean? Like if you want to do like a That's dinner a good theater, point. Mm -hmm. like if you want to do a dinner theater, like 10 guests maximum in that dinner theater, you know, yeah. to be like immersive and everybody participate when you have a group of like, uh, let's say you have 200 people in this hotel, like, People are going to be talking about outside life. They're going to be like, where's my drink at? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be not immersive all the time because people aren't into it all the time. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I've done a few dinner theaters before and my favorite ones are the really small ones where, you know, it's in a very tight room. You've got a table in the middle. Um, they're usually, there's usually like, it's usually a magic show really. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're, there's like, there's like less than 10 of you around this table uh, and you have a dinner together and throughout the dinner, like, you know, smoke fills the room. And when the smoke dissipates, there's like a dragon animatronic on the table, like swinging its head around, blowing yeah. like fire, you know, and then, and then there's like knights that fight, fight around the table with you. Right. And so everyone's sitting at the table having a great time, you know, eating with your hands yeah, uh, and it's, and it's good stuff. Right. I would say the one, the, there is a way that successfully scales immersion, and that is Medieval Times or, or Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede. Okay. <laughs> the, those two things are awesome. Yeah. Because they get, because I mean, it's, it's a night jousting fight in the middle of the arena, but everyone's right. attention, everyone sits in their, their butts in their seats where they're supposed to be. Right. 
and they look forward and the audience is is you know lift uh, they're they're made to cheer when they're supposed to cheer and you know there's stuff in your mouth full of food the whole time the whole time so you can't get up yeah. and do anything but so there is there is a possibility of scale but this this is not it because everyone's free to run around walk around right. the place the whole time so one you'll turn around one one second there'll be a, a twi'lek bartender right and then you yeah. turn around there's some dude in like golf shorts and a polo like you know talking about some random thing while he's drinking right yeah exactly so, you yeah. know and and it's like what do you do in the downtime you know what i mean how do you maintain that immersion so yeah. sit in your room you know, and look at the walls or <laughs> right you know, exactly know. you know and and really the also the other thing too is that apparently you could kind of make certain choices that were supposed to affect yeah. like the experience and everybody I talked, everybody I read about, I didn't talk to anybody who had gone here, but everybody I read about said that, yeah, that just really wasn't the case. You'd make some choices and the story would move on regardless, you know? And yeah. so it just kind of felt empty. Um, you know, I'm sure for a 10 year old kid, it was awesome. You know what I mean? But I don't know that I've got $6,000 to impress my 10 year old. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, know, there was, they, there was so much they could have done with it. Like, look, you know, here, I'll go back to the images here. Uh, but look at look at the rooms like they they could have done a lot with it but i'm with you i think they struggled with scale uh-huh. and and just a failure to execute yeah um you know a failure a failure to execute so that's too bad but at the same time like dude i was never gonna go for that price no it's never impossible yeah impossible so yeah. well fare thee well galactic yeah. star cruiser Fairly well. Yep, there we go. So, all right, yeah. what other news items we got? Okay, so the other one, let me pull up my screen here. Um, let's see, right here. Okay, the other one is that uh, Free League Publishing announced that you can now pre order Tales from the Lone Lands, which is a supplement mm. to the One Ring. Yep. Uh, Jason, we just actually we missed one of our biggest geek weeks, which is that we. Oh, yeah, the starter set of the one ring on Saturday night, um, which was great. John uh, Tross, our, our good friend here, he finished up the adventures. We all thought that they were a lot of fun, but they were pretty starter adventure. Uh, um, I would say, no... yeah, family friendly, <laughs> super family, very friendly. like geared towards probably like like, you know, you could play this with someone that was less than 12 years old. Yeah, like we didn't have a lot of choice. I mean, we had choices on what we could do, but like it was like, go find this thing. All right, it was kind of railsy. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, that's cool. It was kind of railsy, and there was like one, two, three. There was like three or four actual like physical and like fighting encounters the whole starter set. Right. Yeah, which was like, a solid two sessions, two or yeah. three sessions. But but you know? but it was a lot of it was a lot of just um being a hobbit in Hobbitville. Yeah, totally. You know? We were we were hobbits. A lot of fun and role we, play. And so we had a great time with it because we totally leaned into oh, totally. being hobbits. Yeah. You know. Um, so I think that we'll save another podcast for like our full review of the one ring. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of break it down and, and what we think about the system. Overall, I like the system. I'm just gonna say that. Um and I think I prefer, like, it. I haven't played the Lord of the Rings RPG, which is the one ring system, but just poured it over into the 5e rules. I think I like the, I, knowing the 5e rules, I think I like the one ring system better than 
if I were to play it in 5e. Yeah, um, you know, well, obviously we'll save it for one review, but one one piece of feedback, our friend Lincoln, who's been on the show with us, who's played with us a few, uh, he played this with us, and he had a point. Lincoln likes really swingy stuff. Like, he loves yeah. Ross Gray, right? He loves anything that's a D20 system because it's very swingy, right? You can uh-huh. roll the dice, you can get a two, you can roll the dice, you can get a 19, right? Right. Um, and I think he missed a little bit of that swinginess here yeah. because in this system, like you're either you either are kind of trained at something and you can do it, or you're not trained and there's absolutely no way you're gonna do it, except for unless like roll one, a 12. Yeah, yeah, unless one out you of roll 12. a twelve on a D twelve. Yeah. So yeah. I think he missed that a little bit, but um but I I love playing systems that are not D twenty systems, um, or yeah. that are not D and D based systems because we just you know get so much five E stuff and you get people you know porting their stuff over to 5e and we did that our first adventure we released we ported over to 5e because very accessible but i love exploring new ideas of mechanics and this was this was a new one so i liked it absolutely so um we kept talking about how like oh man we would love to play this game not in hobbiton not where the training (laughs) wheels are honest you know what i mean and so not in hobbiton um yeah, and so ta-da, here we are. Tales from the Lone Lands. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what's great about this is they had released a previous expansion that was called The Ruins of Eriador. Um, I believe is what it was called. Um, here, let me see what it was called. Ruins of the Lost Realm. And it kind of explored ruins and and like places you could explore together um in Eriador where where the main story mm-hmm. takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was very much just a a seating or a seating, a um, setting um, uh, uh, expansion. So yeah. just like, you know, settings, maybe some extra monsters, some cool plot hooks that you might be able to incorporate yeah. into your game, but not real adventure campaign style. Yeah. Um, this is that, right? So Tales from the Lone Lands, as it says right here, contains six adventures for the One Ring, um, which is great. And um, it looks like you can be playing a lot of different groups. So you, you can see from the artwork that they have here, they've got a hobbit, you got a human or elf, uh, dwarf, you know, you got humans, dwar- elves, dwarves, all that kind of stuff. So it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what I think is great about these books that Free League puts out is the artwork that you get in the in a $37 book. Oh. I feel like if you go to like a convention or just try to buy that piece of art by itself, you'd be paying like 20 bucks for a print of that. And here you get like, you know, 50 to 80 pieces of artwork that are of that quality in a book. That's only 40 bucks. Yeah. I mean, look at this. This is just a page. And what this is probably is like um, a background page where they'll have text on it or Um, this is probably the inside cover, right? So you just open the front page and this is like, you know, the kind of the blank, blank cover, but I mean, it just looks so cool and it gives you a good feeling of the setting. Here's Mm -hmm. some of the initial artwork, right? Like, I don't know what's going on here, but it looks awesome. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, here's some other, other great stuff. So I'm excited about this. I kind of hope that our friend John gets it so that he can then run some of these yeah. other ones. I, I enjoyed, um, I thought he did a great job as a GM. Um, yeah, he did a great it. job. Yeah. And John, think, buy it, buy it. So yeah, we'll play it. Buy it, John, do it. Come buy on, it. do it. Do it. Order it and get, so, Oh, here's a great thing also about free league. Um, uh, and this happened when I, so I backed the walking dead RPG yep. that they're putting mm-hmm. out. I love this about this company. They will, as soon as you pre-order something, 
if the PDF is available, they will send you the PDF, even if it's still in its beta form, because they want you to go through it. And if you find any errors, you can report it to their forum and they'll fix all of those errors before they publish it into actual print form. So by the time you get the book, it has been looked over by like literally thousands of eyes. And, you know, I mean, it's like 99.9% error free. You know, which is amazing because that's not how a lot of books end up in yeah. the RPG space. You know, yeah. Could you imagine being? Could you imagine being the person that has to sift through the uh, the feedback? It's like, all right, here is the two hundred thirtieth time someone has told me I forgot a semicolon in this <laughs> right. one same sentence. You know. Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure exactly. they're just grateful to get the free editorial feedback. So I mean, I think it's genius. Like crowdsource, crowdsource that last edit for you, right? And it is, yeah. And it's interesting because when the digital world started to come out, there was always that fear of somebody's going to take the PDF and they're going to put it on, you know, they're going they're going to put it on the the uh, the peer to peer services, and and we're going to lose a ton of money. But mm-hmm. I honestly, you know, I don't, I don't think companies really are worried about that anymore, um, especially in this and maybe in this industry. I know Freelig's yeah. not because they just hand the PDF out. There's no DRM or anything on it, right? Here you go. And yeah. they just, you know, they just want to get their product out there and getting people playing because they believe in their product. They say, if you play this product and you like it, you're going to come back to us and support 100%. us. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the first thing. And the second thing is that the physical product that Freelig is putting out is so good. So that it's good. like, I need this on my shelf. Yeah. Like, I literally need this thing on my shelf. Yeah, and so we were good. just talking about the One Ring Core rule book that John had. Like, how, like, the feel of it is great. Oh, and it's like a $40 awesome. book. It's ridiculous. Like, it's, yeah, it's so like- good some special type of paper and it just feels perfect when in your fingers, when you're turning the pages. Um, yeah. I was in a, I was in a Facebook group and someone talked about um, the smell of free leagues paper. And I'm like, that's so true. When you get it, you smell it. Yeah. And like, um, I guess a, a free league person got on and they're just like, yeah, we, we do that on purpose guys. Like yeah. we hope every book, they're like, our paper. <laughs> every page (laughs) right (laughs) yeah quality control right there guys quality control so yeah so that's great so yeah if you're interested in the one ring i will say this real quick this is a plug to them again we're not getting anything from free league publishing but we um talk about them all the time because we absolutely love their stuff and so um let me see here the store um they have shared um they have shared uh, some precursor things that with us true. in the past. So yeah, they have uh, given us review copies of some yep. of this stuff. So, um, but yeah, we're not taking any kind of sponsorship from nope. them or anything to to do this. Uh, this one ring bundle, it's ninety two dollars and twenty six cents, and it comes with um, the one ring core rules book, which is a very great book. Like we were just talking about, like mm-hmm. the arts in it's amazing. The fill of the pages are amazing. It's great. Yeah. Um, you also get the One Ring starter set, which we played and loved. You get the Lore Master screen and Rivendell compendium. So that comes with some extra uh, information for about Rivendell. And then you get all the PDFs that you get automatically after purchase. So while you're waiting for it to ship, you can start reading it. Um, again, $92 for that bundle is amazing. And then you can just supplement it with the the Tales from the Lone Lands. And you are on your way about running a nice campaign in um in middle earth so highly recommend it go check it out for sure. yeah and if you're going to gen con hold off because they usually are there in the exhibit hall and they have all their stuff there so you can avoid having to pay the shipping cost 
That's a great point. And yep. and they honor, well, I'm going to say this. In the past, they have honored um, store prices, right? So like if they're, it's if it's $46 here, it's $45 there from what I've noticed or something like that, right? It's about, it's about the same price, um, if not exactly the same price. And um, again, you don't have to pay shipping and they'll take down your email address or, or you actually send them um, an email with the receipt that you got and they'll immediately send you a PDF. Yep. Even if you get it at Gen Con, they'll still send you the PDF. Yep. So that's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good. Okay. So the next thing that we want to talk about is, excuse me, um, right here. Where is it? Where's my thing? Oh, what? Uh, I thought I had a thing up for it, but I guess not. Okay. Uh, the next thing. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Oh, the Call of Cthulhu starter set is now available again in North America. So we have obviously talked ad nauseum about the Call of Cthulhu starter set. Yes, it still remains, in my opinion, the best deal in tabletop RPG gaming that you um, – can absolutely get it's 20 to 25 dollars depending on where you get it and the amount of stuff that you get with it is incredible it's totally worth the money you should get it um but they had a run chaosium had a run on the starter sets back in um january and february jason do you know what was going on around that time no what the ogl fiasco oh that's right well i've already put that behind me (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the OGL fiasco created a lot of uh, quote. Right. And I'm using quotes because um, yeah. chaos, chaos, he uses the OGL created a lot of Cthulhu curious people, right? Mm. That wanted to try out a new system. And so they flocked to the starter set. They sold out like almost immediately, like as soon as that happened. And then they got some more back in in February and March, like other shipments, and those sold out almost immediately. And so here we are in May, another set is in, and it's kind of like, get it while you can, folks. Like, they're selling like hotcakes. Um, But I can't plug this enough. If you don't have it, if you've never played Cthulhu, if even if you have played Cthulhu and you don't have a starter set, get it. Get it. Because I ran one of the adventures for my work, as kind of like when I changed jobs and it was like a going away party, I decided to like run a, an RPG for them. And I ran Call of Cthulhu for a bunch of people that had never played an RPG game before. And we used the starter adventure and it was amazing. And everybody had such a good time. And I had some people in that same group that had played um, D&D with me before. I ran a D&D game and they said they preferred it to D&D because they thought it was easier to relate to. Um, cause they weren't fantasy people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they, they found the setting like 1920s America, much, much easier to relate to. And, um, but the adventure was just so much fun. So get the starter set while you can. Um, I imagine they'll probably sell out again, but I mean, good on them. I love Chaosium as a company and I love the starter set. So more people that get it, the more that we'll see hopefully good products from Cthulhu and, and Chaosium. So Good stuff. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about um, Metal Gear Solid, the board game. I'm going to put this up on the screen here. Um, so, Metal Gear Solid. I put a link was- to Simon's actual page for it too in the in our little oh perfect uh, agenda thing. If you want to pull that up. Oh great. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you know what? That's probably there's less sidebar one. ads. 
This is yeah. the different cars I can see you've been yeah. looking at that your computer has. Uh, <laughs> What's funny is I haven't even, I haven't even. Been, like, what cars does it want me to click buy? it? Don't risk it. Oh, that's a uh, that's like a warning for the state. Uh-oh. Make sure you buckle your seatbelt. Maybe I. Uh, maybe, maybe Google I've knows you haven't been buckling your seatbelt. Yeah. Or <laughs> speeding. Yeah, Google's monitoring your speed. And now you're going to start getting little ads in the sidebars. Like, be careful, Justin. Yeah, there are people stop. out there. Please, please don't. <laughs> um, all right, let me let me share the right um, tab now. I'll, I'll put the CMON one up here. Oh, perfect. Okay, all right. So see, so Metal Gear Solid was announced by um, a gaming company back in. Um, I don't I don't remember what the company is. It didn't say in the article, but. It was announced back in like 2018 or 2019 that it would be coming out. And after like delay after delay IDW. after delay. IDW. Okay, oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, after delay after delay after delay after delay. Um, in 2021, they said, eh, it's not happening, guys. We're not going to be able to put it out. Well, just today, CMON announced that they are taking over the IP for this. And they're taking over the game. Actually, they're keeping the same designer for it. And they will be selling it directly from the uh, CMON website. Now, what I think is interesting about this, Jason, is that CMON's not putting this to a Kickstarter. They're selling it directly from their website, which is kind of a change of their business model. Because they, mm-hmm. they they are like Kickstarter fiends. And you can you still know? pre-order it. Yes. So I wonder and, if they're... Yeah, what? Um, I read something that said that the pre-order is... Um, is critical for their success. So it's almost like their own pseudo yeah. Kickstarter, right? Yeah. They're going to need to get so many orders before they actually put it into print. And the game's not expected to ship until May of 2024. Yeah. So I could see that. Uh, I mean, they're getting big enough for like, right? Like why they don't need why to give use money Kickstarter. to Kickstarter. Yeah. Why yeah. give money to Kickstarter? Yeah. Do the pre-order. Just, and if they get enough pre-orders and they'll decide to go ahead, if they don't get enough pre-orders, they may, they may decide, oh, actually, never mind, guys. Yeah. So if you order it, according to the article that I read, if you order it um, in the pre-order phase here, it's going for about $100. Um, it includes a Metal Gear Rex, um, which is a fully illustrated 109-page graphic novel illustrated by Kenneth Lowe bringing each mission of the campaign to life, which is kind of cool. So when you're playing the campaign, you, you read a comic that sets it up and, and then you play the mission that was set up by the comic. So that is a pre-order exclusive. Yep. So definitely incentivizes you if you're interested in it. Did you ever play metal gear solid? Like on uh, I was, or I was not Xbox a huge campaign? fan. I played it a couple times. I could yeah. never get into it. I just, I don't like those kind of, ironically, I play Assassin's Creed, but like, I felt like this was too sneaky for me and not enough action, you know? Yeah, so. I actually played it on the uh, PSP. Oh, okay. When I had a PlayStation Portable back in the day. Um, and that was fun. Uh, yeah. But there was, there's, you know, really, really important franchise for Sony. Yeah. Um, that uh, has a huge fan base. So we'll see how well it does in terms of transitioning to a board game. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's interesting that they were able to resurrect it because um, it was supposed to be on life support, if not dead. And, uh, you know, I guess 
whatever Simon touches may turn to gold, but I think we'll find out. Uh, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's cool. all that we have for the news, unless you got anything else, Jason. No, nope, I'm good. All right. So let's get into our main topic. So something big happened over the weekend, which was uh, Gen Con event registration opened up. So we announced, what was it, back in january that the badges were opening up and that's when you could get your four-day badge but Mm -hmm. the real event that we look forward to every year is in early may when the event list comes out and that's where all of the gms for board games rpgs card games live action role play you know true dungeon stuff like that's where everybody lists all their events every day of the week all the times um, there's like thousands of events in there that you can do. There's seminars, there's whatever. And like, whenever that list comes out, Jason, I feel like we're kids on Christmas morning, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, Oh, look at this thing. Oh, that's amazing. Like we, we can play this game or we can play that game or like what game, like, you know, like you get a game, here's a game. Everybody gets a game, Yeah, you know? So like, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, as we were looking at our initial, pass through of these events what were some of the things that stood out that you really wanted to try at gen con this year well um the games that i've always really wanted to try have come and gone from gen con could never Mm. get into them i'll give you an example eclipse the euro game eclipse um it just it doesn't show up at gen con anymore Mm. uh didn't show up this year either um the original hero quest I actually signed okay. up for that years ago. And now there's the new Hero Quest, right? Which yeah. you could play, which from what I understand is a pretty just, you know, a new skin on the old game. Um, but the thing that I, and and I'm uh, I'm answering your question probably in not the most direct way. But the thing I love about Gen Con is the Gen Con's where I like to try completely new games. Yeah. Sometimes games I've never heard of. I don't even try to go for the mainstream anymore. Because one of the things we've learned over time, right, is that no matter how fast you try to click that button to get your wish list, you're, uh, you know, person number 4,000 in the queue and you're never going to get the mainstream games because right. someone ahead of you got them. So I've stopped, I've given up on trying to get the big ones and I just go for the games I've never heard of. In fact, a lot of the time, like on the drive to Gen Con, I'm, mess, I'm switching my schedule around to find mm-hmm. those onesie twosies that I've never heard of before. Uh, but there is one game that we found together that i am excited for and that's the uh total recall uh rpg which is based off of the um what's it based off of the uh everyday hero system everyday hero system which is which is based off of i think the modern d20 uh system yeah uh initially so that um that i'm i'm excited for in fact if you you know if you let me share my screen again i didn't join as an admin this time this is why i'm having to ask Justin's permission every time I Just share the way my we like it. Yeah. All right. You know, I got to limit the, got to limit the power here, <laughs> but total recall, right. It's a, it's a cinematic adventure. It's actually not coming until August 23. Oh, cool. Yep. But uh, it's based off of the everyday hero system. So this is supposed to be, you know, a cinematic adventure set up in the world of total recall, total recall. I am guessing. Do we need to watch the movie by the way, before we go? I think I need to refresh myself. Okay, because you almost lost a ton of geek points for me when you said refresh. I was thinking like... Oh, no, no. I've seen it multiple times. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I'm just like, it's been maybe like 15 years since I've seen it. So when I was growing up, 
like I had a VHS tape that had okay. Predator, yeah, nice. Total Recall, yeah, and Commando. Oh, dude, and the, yes. that VHS tape every summer day it was part of my daily routine. Go outside, play, come home for lunch, stick that VHS in, and then leave the house at four o'clock because I'm sitting awesome. there watching all three of those movies back to back, and then hit the <laughs> rewind while I go out and play again. That was like my summer life when I was growing up so that's awesome yeah okay so i'm curious to see if this has more of a focus on the 1990 the 1990 was it 1990 the arnold schwarzenegger one or 80s was it, uh, it was in the 80s because i think well i don't know now i'm gonna look it up i think it might have been right at 1990 but uh, uh yeah 1990 yeah yeah i'm wondering if this one has more of a focus on that description of the total recall world or the newer one that had the 2012 uh, one yeah the 2012 and the 2012 one wasn't bad it just felt like a different it felt like a different movie um, uh, lot... yeah i mean I and it's all based off of the philip k colin dick Farrell, right? Was in yeah, that one? colin farrell it's all based off of the philip k dick book right we will remember it for you for wholesale we'll remember you for wholesale i don't remember the exact yeah. name but which is a great little short story um, and the movies, I think, are more entertaining than the short story, to be honest. But um, which is the same thing with like Electric Dreams, right? And Blade yeah, Runner. the Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, which you know is grabbed the name Blade Runner. Which interesting, Blade Runner was chosen by the movie by a completely different. They were actually called something else in the book. I can't remember what. Um, and the guy who was who was directing the movie said, "You know, we need to call this something else that's a little more catchy. What are we going to call him?" And he went and found the name Blade Runner from a completely different like uh, script movie for something totally unrelated, oh, and said, "That's, that's what we're going to use, Blade Runner." Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so I'm a Philip K. Dick fan, yeah. so I'm excited to play an RPG mm-hmm. inside of a Philip K. Dick uh, a setting. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, so when we started initially looking at what we were going to do, again, there's a lot of excitement. We wanted to, it's funny because we started gravitating towards a lot of free league um, titles. We wanted to get into Vassin. We wanted to get into yeah. Twilight 3000 or Twilight 2000, right? The mm-hmm. um, the RPG there. Um, we wanted to get into Dragonbane. Um I wanted to do I wanted to do a Cthulhu session. Oh, we wanted to get into Blade Runner. The problem is is like Free League is blowing up. Yeah. I, I really Everybody I wants mean, they, Free League right now. They're like the hot thing. They started to become the hot thing last year at Gen Con. I mean, if you went to their table at Gen Con last year, like Thomas Herrenstam, who was on our podcast, Domas. he was he was like hustling. I mean, he was like, here's a book, here's a book, here's a book, here's a book, here's a book. <laughs> and like, you get a book, and like, you get a book. Oh my gosh, he's like in the back, like just just like yeah. selling stuff, and he's like sweating, and you can just see his supplies totally diminishing. In fact, I think he sold out of almost all of his stuff by Sunday, you I, know, which is I like felt incredible. Bad. I wanted to walk him like, hey, remember when we interviewed? But then I saw him, I saw him working hard, and I was like, I'm just gonna leave that guy alone. Yeah, I just like gave him a <laughs> high five. I'm like, hey, here's here's you know, you're doing great. Keep it up. Like, you're doing exactly. great. Yeah. So um, I'm not surprised that we didn't get any Vassins, you know, which is the Vassin yeah. is the Scandinavian um, horror fantasy, um, Beautiful which would have been amazing. Oh my, oh, gosh, my gosh. It's so good. Yeah. Um, totally wanted to be into that one, but that didn't, I mean, that sold out really quick. Um, Twilight 2000. I'm kind of surprised that one sold out because it's not one of their main. Yeah. One of their main ones. I wonder but... if it's just because there was just such a sh- uh, limited number of them. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's part of it, and um, 
they yeah so that but we did get into the dragon bane one which i'm really excited about that's sort of like if you listen to our episode uh with tomas he he talked about how dragon bane this the swedish version of of is like the swedish version of D D. like because they didn't have D D in, in swedish um when they were there and so um um he but they so but they had this dragon bane that somebody wrote and he basically they got the rights for it and redid it again recently so i'm excited to play it it's like the swedish D and it, it looks awesome and um they got some new um, expansions that or it, actually the kickstarter ended for it recently and mm-hmm. it should be coming to shelves here in a couple of months so um, we did get into that one. Um, some other surprises that I didn't see there that I would have sworn should have had some stuff. Um, no shadow of the demon Lord at all. Um, which I think is a big miss for, unfortunately for Robert Schwab. Like if you're kind of an indie RPG guy, like you, I, I feel like if, if you, I, you know, and I'm not going to speak for him, but I, if I were in, in that position where I'm writing my own RPG, and I really like it's my livelihood. I would be, I would make sure that it is somehow representative at every major con that I can, right? Like every major con that I can find, um, because it's just, it's just not there. Um, and I think that that's unfortunate. Yeah, I was um, trying to see if there was anything that we had missed with it, but uh, I, I don't think so. I think yeah. that he is, I mean, Shadow Demon Lord is now. What is it like six, seven years? Six or seven years? I think yeah, it came and, out in 2016, yeah, 2015 maybe. And he's, I think he's his his following, which you yeah. could almost say is a cult following. It is totally. Yeah, I think yep. they are tracking his newest projects that he has on the table, which is the yep. um, the well, the weird wizard, and also yep. then the new thing that he announced, right? Which yeah. oh gosh, we should have put that in the news. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but uh, he has a new system that he's coming out that uh, is like a mix of sci-fi and um, it kind of seems like a, a multi-god uh, uh, fantasy. It's oh, it looks interesting, yeah. But so he's got a couple projects, and I think his I think his followers um, are uh, tracking those newer project uh, newer yeah. projects because even when we even even when we did. Uh, uh, when we hosted the shadow of the demon Lord at Gen Con back in, when was that? 2018, 2018. Was it 18 or 19? It was 18. I didn't go to 19. Yeah. Okay. We were the only, I mean, we, we filled up the whole, we, I mean, we had, uh, we had shadow of the demon Lords, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Six sessions between the two of us. And they were full, full because people wanted to play it, but we were the only people, we were the only people hosting it. So I think, I think it, it's just a cult following, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to- totally. I-, I still, though, I kind of feel like if you're an indie guy and your livelihood depends on you selling yeah. products, I mean, you kind of, I feel like you kind of need to do this. I- and one thing, I keep talking about Free League, but I feel like I have to. I saw a Facebook post today saying that Free League is going to be at, um, they call it Charlcon or Char- like Charlton Con or something like that. It's like the convention in. Charleston, West Virginia, charcon, charcon.org. Um, yeah, yeah, dude, I, it's not that big. It's small, but Free League makes a post saying, we're going to be there as a vendor. Come and come and like see us. 
you know what I mean? And it's like they're making a point to getting to even these small conventions where they can get in front of people. Like, I think there's only like 10 RPGs being hosted over the entire weekend. Wow. This seems you like know? a pretty accessible con for those of us who are in the East Coast. It's a little far. I mean, it's a little far away for us. Char- it's, West Virginia? Well, it's, like- it's Charleston, West Virginia, which is near Kentucky. Oh. So it's like three hours from Roanoke. It's like three and a half hours from Pittsburgh South. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's four hours from Cincinnati, three hours from oh. Columbus. And I know this because on their website, they tell you exactly how far it is from each of these places. Do they? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, again, it's not that big. Um, and it's like $45 for a badge, for an all-weekend badge. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, this is like GuildCon Plus. Let's do like Washington, <laughs> D.C. Dulles Airport. There you go. Yeah, that's oh, true. It's, five, it's a five and a half hours. Five and a half hours. It, there's yeah. just no real direct route, right? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Since um, we're driving to West Virginia. Anyway, my point being is that, you know, Free League's like, give us a convention and we'll be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we'll, we're, we're going to sell. So um, anyway, I was surprised to see that. The other surprise for me was that there was no Zweihander RPG and or Blackbirds RPG. And I yep. was like, what is going on here? So I reached out to the creator. Oh, did you? Of, okay. I did. I reached out to him to say like, dude, like what happened here? Like you what know? gives? I bought your book. yeah so i reached out to the creator and i want to i want to um say what he said because this is um this was an important thing when we interviewed him on the show just before he came on he made an announcement that um he was parting ways with andrews mcmeal which was the publishing company um they decided to shut down their rpg um division and mm. so they weren't going to be selling RPGs anymore. And they own the rights to Zweihander uh, because he sold it to them, right? And so I said, am I seeing this right? There are no Zweihander events at Gen Con. And he says, um, uh, unfortunately, Andrews McMill d- declined to sponsor events this year, which is sad. I will be there, but because I have my new role with University Games in the Children's Division, I won't be able to run sessions this year. Um, he says, World of Game Design will be, however, World of Game Design needs GMs to run Zweihander this year at Gen Con 2023. And here's some of the benefits if you run 24 hours of Zweihander or other games, which is like, you know, you can go to these gaming groups and like you'll get a free hotel room, you know, a badge, invitation to team dinner, some swag, stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if some people maybe sign up to run this and we might see a Zweihander or Blackbirds game pop up um, in the next little bit. I don't think it's going to be very large. I think you'll probably only see two, yeah. maybe three games pop up, but I still, I'm going to be on the lookout just in case. That's you know, um, so. that's a lot of jamming. 24 oh, hours. 24 hours, dude? That's six sessions over the weekend. I mean, you basically like, you're paying, you're having somebody pay you in um, in probably per diem hotel and your yep. badge to yep. go work a con for a weekend. You're just going to work a con for a weekend. So if you, if you, if you geek out over, I look, I love GMing. I don't think I would be able to GM that much. That's a six sessions is a lot. It's a lot. Um, like Every, this is yeah. how I would have to do it. This is how I'd have to do it. I would do four hours on Wednesday. I would do a Wednesday session, right? I do four hours on Wednesday, which is one session. I do two hours on Thursday two hours on Friday 
or no, I do one hour on Wednesday, two hours on Thursday. What am I saying? Hour, sorry, one session on Wednesday. Okay, I was like, that's yeah, not exactly. a lot of hours, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> one one session on Thursday, two yeah. or sorry, one session on Wednesday, two sessions on Thursday, one yeah. session on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Like that's what I would do, so that I could still go game on like Thursday night, maybe or whatever. Like you'd have a block that you could maybe go to the vendor yeah. hall on Thursday, and then on yeah. on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you still would have time to go do stuff. But that's a lot, man. And and like mentally, like jamming at a con, like we did pretty good there jamming at the con. But mentally, it it takes its toll, you know. Like it does. And you know, I think what we decided, um, it's a great opportunity. If you uh, if you need some help getting a badge, right? Yeah, great opportunity. Totally. Um, I think it that we take just, that much. It it doesn't to get the badge. It doesn't. It's no. uh, yeah. I think it's uh, three sessions to get a badge. Three yeah, four three, hour sessions. It's three four hour sessions if you charge four dollars a ticket. Right. Because it's based on the amount of revenue that you right. bring in for the ticket, which is I think yeah. was like. $75 or $72 or something like that. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did but, the math is if you had six spots at $4 a piece, you only need to do three sessions. And that was, uh, several years ago. So it may be different yeah. now. It may be, That's I true. haven't looked at it, but I think what, I think I walked away from that thinking that was really fun. I met some cool people. I have some friends now, uh, that I communicate through social media that I met at that, that I still stay kind of track and stay in touch with. So really cool. But I also kind of decided, you know what, when I walk away from my job uh, for this va- this huge convention once a year, I just want to go play games. Right. Um, right. I don't want to have to prepare. I want to just go have fun, sit down, play with my buddies. And being a GM is playing a game, But yep. which is why I think if I ever GM'd again, I would just do a session and not worry about the badge. I'm just going to pay for yeah. my badge and just have fun with a session. But uh, that's just kind of where I am, I think, with it. Right now. Yeah, totally. And and part of the reason why like um, World of Game Design asks you to do 24 hours versus 12, which is what we did to get the badge, is because they're also putting you up in a hotel. Yeah, you get the hotel, and, and, and they're giving yeah. you dinners too. You know what I mean? So yeah, you get you're just um, you're getting paid to to work the con. Yeah, right. Exactly. Which so, is and that, that's a cool yeah. option too. Yeah. 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 So I I was disappointed I didn't see any Zweihander. I was disappointed I didn't see any Blackbirds. I had a lot of fun with it last year. There's only a couple of sessions. There was no sessions of Cyberpunk um, that I saw. Um, There's only a couple of sessions of The Witcher that I saw. Um, you know, no role. There's no Warhammer role fantasy role play that I saw there. I mean, I could have missed it, but you know, um, it just seemed like um, there was a lot of uh, really popular ones. Of course, there's like billions of D and D and Pathfinder and yeah. Starfinder and stuff like that. But um, you know, there's there's other great ones like the My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh yeah. I played the uh I played the card game at one Gen Con one year. It was actually nice. it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, but my point is is that you know, like unfortunately, like as time marches on, like you said, there's some games that come that are really popular and then they go and you don't see them again, you know. Um yeah. I've I've been wanting to try Rising Sun from Cool Minis or not and there was a year where it was impossible to get a game. And then now it's like, there's one game and it's like $30 to get in. And I'm yep. like, oh, I don't know that I can justify that, you know? So, yeah. Um, I mean, these are all so, right. So here I selected um, role-playing games, 4,164 yeah. role-playing games. Yeah. That are at Gen Con, right. Um, and 
these are all the different role playing game systems. Yeah, there's a lot. So, oh my gosh, there's so many opportunities to explore new systems. And there are a lot of systems out there in the world to explore, you know, based off of this. Yeah. So, so cool stuff, man. Yeah, there's, there's a there's a lot of good stuff. Um and um yeah, but just out. they they sold out. <laughs> I mean, they they sold out. So people yeah. are coming to play role playing games, you know, and and um you know, like this is a place like we talked about. Gen Con is a place where I went previously and tried out games that I had never played before, like Call of Cthulhu. I'd never yeah. played it before and played it. I'm like, I really like that system, even though we didn't have like the best GM that one session. I said, yeah. I still think there's a lot there that we could play, you know, that that, uh, that we could do. So I'm looking forward to our um, total recall because it's a new system. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we're going to have total fun in total recall. Um, we're playing a Legend of the Five Rings game at one point, which um, was the um, uh, Fantasy Flight version of it, which uh, I had played at a Catacon and had a great time with that. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. We're going to be playing Dragon Bane, which I'm excited about. Uh, we've got another one. What is it on our first night that is like vampire werewolf kind of thing? Like blood something. 80s. Yeah. Um, it's like an 80s like blood tooth. Yeah. So blood they tooth. said it's this like is... 80s politics and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Free oh, yeah, that's the one. The crew and prevent an international epidemic. Yeah. 1980s adventure, including politics, conspiracy, and a lichen or two. All and, right. You know, it's like a five-hour game, and I'm like, it's on Wednesday night, or I guess it's four hours. Yeah. Four-hour game, Wednesday night, and I'm like, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a great time to try something new and and just uh, see how it goes. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what were you excited that we did get? You talked about um, Total Recall. Yeah, Total um, Recall. Here's our schedule about, here. Yeah, we talked about Dragon Bane that we ended up getting. Yep. So Dragon Bane I'm excited for, Free League. Total Recall I'm excited for, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I think I'm curious about Pirate Borg. Oh, that sounded actually kind of cool. Yeah. Let's look that up real quick so we can, uh, let's see where my. So that's based on the Mork Borg. Um, uh, RPG, which is also like a free league um, system, which is based on the year zero system. Yeah. Yeah. What day is that? That's um, uh, Friday at one o'clock. So uh, we can come here and go Friday and start time 1 p.m. There it is. All right. So. You know, you and your pirate crewmates must command a small fleet of ships, fight off ghost ships, evade monsters in this naval combat-focused one-shot rules-light scurvy-ridden RPG. Yar <laughs> works for me. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, and then if you look at the, um, let's see, uh, I don't know if this is this is oh, this is just the guy's thing. But all right, here we go, Pirate Borg. So I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's it looks like I think it was a Kickstarter. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter. Um, it's a free league workshop product, which means it's like an affiliate program. Yeah, but right? I mean, it's it's a, they've got a nice book and you know beautiful art uh, in it, um, and uh, it you know very like uh, it looks like potentially rules light. Um, let's see, there was a there we go. There's the character sheet right there, right? 
So kind of rules, rules light system. Not a lot of complexity in building your character. I think, I think we're building our character there. Probably. That's like one of the things that we're doing. Yeah. Let me see this. Come back here. I think there was a better picture of the of the um, character sheet somewhere here. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, typical, you know, it looks like really, really fun quality, fun crawl, yeah. quality stuff. It looks like it's going to be a good time. Look, there's ships, ship stats, and, you know, we'll see. Uh that's the great thing about Gen Con and a convention. There's no commit. There we go. There's no commitment, right? Just come play, have a good time, uh, try a new system. And if you don't like it, you're not committed. Totally. You know, so yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, and these are one of those things where you're like, oh, I love this game. I'm going to get the book right now. Because I think this is also like a 14 player. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious if this is truly 14 player or if it's going to be one of those where a bunch of people show up and like they get tabled off they search out yeah yeah because it's also only two and a half hours right yeah you can't really run a system you can't really run a game with 14 players in two and a half hours no matter how rules light the game is (laughs) you know maybe maybe we'll we'll see but anyway so that one that one i'm i'm excited for some fun because um the first time that we played um battles that i played battle stations I played Battle Stations at Gen Con in the gig- and the guy comes every Gen Con. He brings the yeah. battles his Battle Stations gigantic, which is across like a 14-foot table. Like, you know, the 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 characters are like this big. He oh, makes them out right. of like the most random like, you know, toys. Uh and then each each room in Battle Stations is like, you know, a foot by a foot. More than that probably. Yeah. And so he fills up this giant table and then you play battle stations in this giant in this giant, you know, setting and it's a it's a fun fun thing. So maybe this will be another one of those real new fun ones that we pick up and we really like, but that that'll be good. Yeah, totally. Um yeah, I'm excited for Thursday nightfall. Um, that's in the afternoon. I'd been eyeing this game on miniature market forever. It went on like major sale over the holidays. And I was like this close to buying it because it has some pretty good review on um, board game geek. And so I, um, I am really excited to try it out. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's an asymmetrical board game where like some of you will play as knights and some of you play as these demons that are like trying to invade the castle and um, the knights have fewer people, but they're usually like over, like have a greater power. Uh, but the you know there's like demon hordes that you play. So again, it's asymmetrical. The other the other way you can play it is that everybody's on a team and you play against the demons that come in. And there's like a you know a generative um, algorithm that the that the monsters play by. Um, that you know you basically don't need a an adversary. So. Yeah, and this is done by Red Raven Games, which this guy, um, the guy who owns or started Red Raven Games, he was an artist, and he's an artist that loves play video, play board games, and so he created his own games inside of his, this kind of this art world that he had in his head. So, um, Empires of the Void. Let's see, does mm-hmm. he have? Yeah, Empires of the Void two. Uh, actually, I've got a bunch of his early games that they don't even sell anymore, um, which is interesting. But look how many games he's put out. Oh, here we go. Past titles. 
Let's see if that uh, shows. Yeah, the archive. So City of Iron I have. But I mean, oh, just yeah, look at this. Okay. Look at this artwork. It's gorgeous, right? Yeah. And what's great is that all of his games, because he's doing the artwork, they all have a very, like, consistent style. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, feel to them. And you can even see that. Um, <clears throat> oh, they made a second edition. I'm so far behind here and and all of this stuff. But, uh, okay, let me see. Because if just look at that, right, in terms of art style, then let's come yeah. to um, Nightfall. Right. And you can see the same style of art, right, in his mm -hmm. in his in his uh, in his work. Right. It's got that very kind of a blendy, a blendy, like almost like a water or oil paint kind of mixture color feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, this could this will be a fun game, I think, to play. Um, his games, I I don't think his games have ever been like groundbreaking in mechanics, but they've always been very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. They've always been very and and accessible. Uh, yeah. I played his games with my kids um, in terms of the rules and mechanics, so I'm curious to see how this one plays out. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Um, in terms of the schedule. I didn't build in a lot of vendor hall time. And I'm wondering if in the morning, so we have two tickets to zombie side, black plague, which I've always wanted to play. Like I've yep. played zombie side, right? I've always wanted to play that one, yep, but if there's same. other people that want to play it, we got tickets to Lords of the water deep, which I'm like, sure. I think, I think I might switch that to some vendor time, vendor hall time and um, keep my nightfall. Um, and Are you, you're going to get rid of Black Plague to go to well, somebody, somebody else will take Black Plague. You know, okay. I'll just swap tickets with them, and yeah, somebody else can take that, and maybe I'll go to the vendor hall that day. Well, we've we've played Zombie Side before, so yeah. you know, just just recognize that I think this year the vendor hall doesn't open until ten o'clock. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I got to figure out some good vendor hall time because I've booked myself solid everywhere else. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So mm -hmm. and. uh but yeah, uh, you know, I, so let me ask you this. What are you, okay, on the schedule, what's the game you're looking forward to most? Um, and then what are you keeping your eyes open for in the future? Do you have any games in mind that you like, I'm waiting for that title to open up? Um, or are you just going to kind of peruse and, and find something that might look interesting to fill holes or maybe make some replacements, that type of thing? Yeah, I'm I'm most excited about Total Recall. Mm -hmm. and um, I'm just going to peruse because I don't want to look, I don't want to do mainstream games. I yeah. want to find new stuff I've never heard of and give it a try. Yeah. I hear you. That That is the best part about the con. Um, I am like maybe the least excited about shadow run on Friday night. Uh, Lincoln and I are doing it and like I did it because we didn't get all of the tickets for descent that all of us wanted to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I said, Hey, this is a good time for, you know, we'll, we'll go do a uh, shadow run, which was like the best option on a Friday night, but I'm hoping that other things open up and we can replace that because I'm just not crazy about playing shadow run. Um, it's the sixth edition one, but which is supposed to be a little bit more streamlined from what I hear, but yep. I don't know. Like I've, I played the setting and it's, it's okay. You know what I mean? I remember if I have four for fifth, I think I have fifth edition and it was, it was, it got bogged down in mechanics yeah. a lot. Um, it was very mechanic heavy. Now that book, the book was awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh, and if, <clears throat> if you are a cyberpunk fan 
and you really think you're a cyberpunk fan, then you must have read or listened to the uh, audiobook of William Gibson's Neuromancer. Uh-huh. William Gibson's Neuromancer is like the father book of cyberpunk, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And all of like Shadowrun and all of you know the lore that's in those books, it's all can be tied directly back to that book, mm-hmm. to Neuromancer, um, which is not... It, they are not you could say they're spiritual successors to that sure, book sure, right sure. um yeah. so the shadowrun books have always had a lot of really cool lore in them you know the uh the mega corpse and how they've yep. evolved and taken over the world and high you know high tech low life of cyberpunk yep. uh so that that's been really cool but the mechanics have always been so difficult to play yeah. and have fun with yeah. in my opinion so we'll yeah. see maybe six is better yeah, I, I honestly, I hope that I find something else. But it was either that or kind of like nothing. I mean, there wasn't just a lot. There wasn't a lot of options at that point. And so um, because I think Friday night's a very popular time, right, for, for people yeah. to do stuff. I mean, so, another option is, yeah. too, I mean, uh, you know, if somebody gets something in the vendor hall, we can just sit down and play it, too. True. Absolutely. And uh, we'll probably end up doing that a couple of nights, but um, I'm keeping my eyes open. You know, I would love to see a a Vastin open up. I would love to see, you know, like a Blade Runner or something open up. I'm not holding my breath because I think that they're super popular, but I would like to see like maybe something else opens up. Like I said, um, somebody might be doing a Zweihander that would open up and I'd be all about that. Right. So um, there's a couple of holes or there's a couple spots in my thing. Um, I'm looking at, like maybe Thursday morning. If I, if I do Lords of the water deep, like I'm, I'm happy to play that game. I've never played it before, but it's a D and D like it's a D and D game. So I kind of feel like I know the setting and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to play the game. But if something else opens up, I think I'd, I'd rather jump on that, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And Sunday morning, we got some interesting games that we're going to be playing that I think will be good. Those are games I never heat. Um, it's like a racing game. Didn't you guys jump out of heat because oh, you found out it was did. like an eight hour? It's an eight hour tournament. We did. Yeah. So actually we needed yeah. to delete that from the yeah. from the list because I had to cancel everybody's tickets because it was like eight hour again. So I'll be looking for a new game Sunday morning. Um and uh, we'll play a stuff of legends, which sounds interesting, and then Age of Wonders Planet Fall, which was a video game kind of yep. made into a board game. So yep. we'll uh we'll see how that goes. But I'm I'm pretty excited. We're also you and I are also doing a war cry tournament. Yep. Which um um is like I, I have a love hate with a Warcry tournament at Gen Con, right? I love playing Warcry yeah. and I love playing with all the people that show up because they're all a ton of fun to play with and they're they're great to just kind of chill and hang with. I love the, the Warcry community, but I hate that it takes up like six and a half hours of my day. Yeah, you know and I've I mean? actually I'm just to be honest with with you and you know, we're on the spot here with our viewers, but I'm I am considering dropping from it because Gen Con is a time when I can play a lot of games with a lot of friends. And I love, like when we went to Adepticon, that was so fun, right. To play with, with, you know, you know, Justin and Dan and Peter and, and all the other guys that, you know, that, that we interact with on our podcast, a lot of fun. And I, that same crew, you know, that whole same crew isn't necessarily at the Gen Con one. It's true. And yeah, it's more the local yeah, kind of Western guys, right? It is, which is cool because it's great to meet new people, right? And and the yeah. um uh the Dayton guy came out too, obviously, because it's really close, right? What's it called? What's yeah, his name? Warren. Yeah, yeah, Warren. Thank you. Sorry, yeah. Warren. 
Uh, I know people by their gamer tag. It's late, Warren. It's in, 46 in, p.m. In Discord, right? And I know them more by their Discord names. Yeah. Um, but uh, but also like the other group that we're with, like you know Burton and Lincoln and John, yeah. like those are the guys we came to the con with, and they, you know, they're not Warcry guys, and yeah. they, you know, they want to play some more RPGs. They want to play some board games. Like I kind of, I kind of want to explore that with them. So I, I'm not ready to drop it, but I'm. I, I want to see how I want to kind of feel out my friends and see how they're doing with the. So would it, how does it make you feel that I had sort of similar feelings, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> does that help you with your decision or make it more difficult? Or? Makes it, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Like my brother's coming to Gen Con for the first time. Yeah. It's your brother, right? man. I know. And I mean, now, you can't granted, just ditch he, your brother for a day. I mean, he is going to be with me all day, Wednesday, Thursday, That's and true. Friday, and That's then Sunday, true. right? So, like, he, I think he, he wouldn't be too upset to not hang out with me for six hours on Saturday, right? He could be your um, cheerleader. Yeah, well, and he knows Lincoln well too. So, like, and he he's does? planning to hang with, yeah. Um, oh yeah, he yeah, yeah. And spend some time with yeah. Lincoln. So, yeah. um, for the record, Lincoln is my cousin, like third cousin. And, and it's so, funny how we found that out, right? Yeah. We were yeah, at, was Nova at Nova Open, Open. using yeah. the, uh, was it like the family tree app or something that can like look to see other people who also have the family tree nearby to see if you're related? Well, well, first I saw his name tag because we only oh. knew him as Lincoln and yeah. his name tag had his last name, which was Tidwell, which is my grandma's last name. And there's not a lot of Tidwells not a lot in of America. Tidwells. No. And I'm like, dude, where's your family from? And he's like, well, I grew up in like California. My dad did, but they're like his mom or his dad grew up in like Idaho, like Boise area. I'm like, that's where my grandma grew up. And so then we looked at the family history app and sure enough, your third Boom. cousins. And like, and like we had all of our friends around us being like watching this drama unfold, you know? And we're like, dude, we're third cousins. And like the whole like gaming halls, like what? Like, <laughs> It's pretty crazy. So game and bringing people together. Yeah, yeah. So when my brother came out, he came out and hung out with Lincoln too. To you know, God, I mean, he's obviously third cousins with my brother Burton as well. So, yeah. um, but so I'm not that worried about him. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I'm going to be playing Warcry in like three weeks after this. At the yeah, Nova with Open. the with the Nova Open's going to be heavy with yeah. that. That's the other yeah. thing, right? So I. I agree with you. I think Gen Con is a time where you get to play games that you don't normally get to play. Right. And so like that time's kind of precious. And so we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yep. 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 yep I got to yep. keep my eyes open. Um, Lincoln was having trouble finding anything that was available Saturday because it just. That, and that's, that's where, you know, the, uh, and we're kind of getting near the end here, but mm-hmm. um, this will be the first time Lincoln is actually coming 100% to play. Right, because he was right? working for Mythic before. He has always worked the booth. So he's come to Gen Con a lot, but he's always yep. been working the booth. So the whole day is him working the booth, right? So Yeah, he would get there at 8 a.m. to start the pre-vendor hall opening. Yeah. That, it went from 9 to 5 previously, yeah. right? So he'd be there at 8 a.m. And those special people got early access that they could come in and do shopping right. and stuff like that. Right. And I guess other vendors could go around and buy stuff in that yeah. nine to or eight to nine hour, right? So he'd be there at eight a.m., um, be there until five p.m. when it closed, and then they would usually go get a team dinner because they're hungry, right? And right. so it's like he didn't, he couldn't get into like a six or seven o'clock game. Yeah. And there's, there wasn't a lot being offered at 8 p.m. or later that like he was really that interested in. So they would just play board games back at the hotel 
and he loved it, but now he gets to be full time yeah. gamer, and he's he's like a kid in a candy store with yeah. this man. Well, this this is why I think we need to kind of help him with Saturday. He's like, I can't find anything on Saturday. It's like, dude, there's a lot on Saturday. You just gotta be willing to play something you've never heard of. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally. But, uh, I remember when we first started signing up before events went live. Uh, wishlist went live. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna play this and this and this. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have so much fun." And you and I are kind of like, "We're never gonna get any of these. We're never gonna get those." Yeah, we're like, "That's a plan, not the yeah, plan." It's a right? plan. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but we got some fun stuff, and and as you can see on the schedule that I'm sharing, right, this is just our little Google cheat sheet, right? Yeah. We got a lot of stuff where we're playing together, right? Yeah. We're we came to the con together, and we're gonna play together, and that's what's that's what's gonna be great. We're gonna just have a lot of fun. Right. And this year's a little different because we opted to stay at the hotel at the convention center, right? Is it no? It's it's attached. Is it the one? It's attached. Yeah, you know, one of the yep, sky bridgey sky yep. bridgey things, right? Yeah. So that I mean, it's a little more money, but um, but this is the first time. I mean, when I remember when we we first started coming to Gen Con, twenty four twelve was the first one I came to. Yeah, and we were staying like outside of the Beltway to keep right. the costs down right uh and it was fine as long as you drove which we always drove but yeah. uh you just you just realized you were going to pay parking when you, you know 20 bucks a day or whatever inside indianapolis but uh and, and but your walk, hope, i mean yeah. you had to walk probably you know but half a mile or something yeah but i'm probably good to walk because all the fried food you were eating the whole time you know <laughs> yeah. anyways but uh but now it's like this is the first but the problem was is that if you ever bought anything you had to you had to lug that around with you all day yeah, and hope you didn't right. forget and leave it under the table at one of your events. Yep. Right now, yep. now this will be interesting. You know, we can, if we want to peruse the vendor hall and buy something, then we can just walk it back to our room. I feel too, that we've got the ability to stay later and play games. And if somebody doesn't want to yeah. do that, they can just walk up to the room and go to bed. Like you don't have to yeah. wait around for someone to drive you home or wait around like a group of three of you waiting for the fourth guy that you need to drive back to the hotel to yeah. get in the car with you. I mean, last year we stayed at an Airbnb that was um, probably what, was like two fun. miles away. I, I really like that was a great location because yeah. it was a walk. You couldn't really go back to it, but some people could. If you just thought, I need to take a break for this this day. You know, it was uh -huh. a 20 minute walk back to the Airbnb. Or a quick scooter ride. as we or, found or a quick scooter ride. And there were lots of scooters. <laughs> yeah lots of scooters yeah i remember one day one year there were the where we had the most we had nine of us that came we had two two minivan caravans i think to get out there and yeah. uh one of the guys he was just beat and he's like i want to like i'm just gonna go back to the hotel and we were like well we're, we have events till like 11 o'clock at night so he took an uber it was like a 50 dollar uber or something yeah yeah, because it was event pricing and whatever. And it was so his hotel was so far away. So it's a trade-off. We're cramming a lot of guys into a room this time to keep to make it more affordable. But you know what? All we need to do is just sleep and then get right. up and go back to the con. So we'll see. Yeah, and look, if somebody's like, dude, I'm out of this game, I'm gonna go take a nap, they can do that. Go for it. It's gonna be great. Yeah. You know, and so um I think we're totally looking forward to it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Good stuff. I think it's going to give us some flexibility that we haven't had in the past. And then we'll be able to say, was it worth it to stay on site? Yeah. Or is it worth it to find an Airbnb that's only a couple miles away? Or is it worth it to stay outside of the Brentway? And we can kind of figure that we, we can give a report afterwards on yeah. what we thought. You know, It's going to be so, cool. Yeah. So looking um, forward to it. Yeah. We'd love to know, are any of our listeners or any of you guys going to Gen Con? 
jump in our discord hit us up let us know are you going what games are you playing what uh you know what what events are you looking forward to we'd love to hear from you guys because um uh you know sometimes we'll run into you and just let us know um if you're going out because we'd love to at least give you a high five and fist bump and you know catch up with you one of the greatest things about um our podcast is like meeting people like we went to adepticon and we're talking to someone and they're like oh you're J- justin from tabletop and beyond i'm like oh, a listener found me you know <laughs> like wow like they do exist the listeners are out there somewhere you know and so yep. um it's just it's always great to meet people that are listening to the show and every every time i've met a listener i'm like you're like my new best friend because they're totally in like if they've been listening to us this long, Jason, they're totally down with what we've been yeah. saying. So, yeah. you know, our interests align, you know, so cool, man. anyway, but uh, yeah, we're excited about it and uh, we'll give you a full report when we get back. So, all right. Well with that, Jason, I think that's the end of the show today. Do you have any alibis you would like to share with us? Good show, man. Just uh, like you said, hit us up in the chat so we can uh, connect and play some games. Absolutely. Good night, everybody, and we will see you all at the tables.